It's the Early Access Podcast, number 28, and I'm going to be honest, I have been quarantined for well over three weeks now, and there is fuck all to talk about as I am literally just sitting at my desk on Twitter, doing work, and playing video games all day. So, on this episode of the Early Access Podcast, we're going to talk about some of the stuff that's been happening on Twitch like we always do. Uh, this one is going to get a little bit, uh, it's not something that you should listen to if you are a little bit sensitive about certain topics like, uh, well, we're... I'm going to be straight up. Uh, we talk about games that are banned on Twitch, like general jousting, which I think personally is not that big of a deal. I don't think that needs to be banned from Twitch. Uh, maybe just show that to 18 plus audiences. Although I can understand why. I mean, the name is general jousting, if you don't know anything about that game, which I've played a little bit. That game is banned from Twitch, and I think that game is 0%, maybe very, only very slightly offensive, compared to some of the other games that we talk about. One is called Ethnic Cleansing. And so some of the topics in me talking about these games are, well, not the most wholesome thing. So if you're not into that kind of thing, then I would suggest you perhaps listen to another episode of the Aerial Access Podcast or go do something else with your life. But anyway, instead of doing an actual show, once again, just like last week, we put together a bunch of clips. I sat around talking to chat for about two hours, cut it up into about 20 minutes. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Check out the Aerial Access Podcast on Spotify and iTunes. And uh, unsurprisingly, sometimes episodes get taken down from Spotify and iTunes uh, based on things we talk about. But it happens. She's going to deal with it. So enjoy this episode. We're going to get right into it. I, I found today, as I was going around picking up topics, Twitch's list of games that are prohibited uh, on, on their website. And some of these are so offensive that <laughs> I... I cannot believe that they, I mean, I, I know why they wrote them down as to why they're banned on Twitch, but they're very obvious. Um, so I'm going through and reading the descriptions for a lot of these games. Unsurprisingly, a lot of them are anime games. Uh, we have Huni Pop, which is an anime game that's so mainstream that even I'm familiar with it. It's like, yeah, it's like that. Bejeweled, but with like hentai girls, right? S something like that. It's so It just has hentai girls on it. Uh, th that's probably the most obvious ones. Uh, disappointingly enough, genital jousting is on that list, oh, which really? is you're not allowed to play that on Twitch. Um, and yeah. so I actually thought that in genital jousting, you're a bunch of dicks, and I thought your uh, the objective was to put your dick in the in the back of the other dicks, aka their balls, which to me isn't a sexual thing. I'm sure there's some wacko out there in San Francisco who's down for that. I'm not going to shame. Him. All right, it's whatever. But um, there's the, apparently a game mode where there's a butt and you have to put your dick in the butt. And so that one, oh, okay. that I think gets the game removed. So uh, Why is that the game mode? Why, why is it a game mode? I don't know. It must be like DLC or something. Uh, no, no. Like, why is it a mode, game mode, that version? Oh, why? The, 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 no, no. All of General Jousting is not allowed because there's a... I think there's some dick no, no, and ass no, gameplay. Why is that one? Okay, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, there's That's the, the sexual one they choose. Though. Now, here's the here's what, on my scale of games that shouldn't be allowed on Twitch. That one's maybe like a two, right? That's a solid two out of ten. Like I can see the point there, but like we're not we're not talking like it's a it's a completely innocent game, right? Um, there are a couple tens on this list that were very easy to identify. Really. Uh, Right now, I, I well, actually, I just finished reading up on. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it later. Um, but battle rape that is banned on Twitch. Okay, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> um. So that one's a solid, a solid nine, nine point oh, five. I'm seeing some of your, I'm seeing some of your examples here now. Now you might think, like Nikki, how the fuck is battle rape a nine <laughs> and not a ten? That's because a ten is ethnic cleansing. That is a ten, in my opinion. Um, uh, well, they're very close. They're very close. I feel like if I had to put them in order, um, ethnic cleansing is a ten, battle rape is a nine point five. One is like a thing that. One is a thing that, like, is an actual thing that someone tried to do, and one is a really bad thing, but it is more fictional. Um, all despite the fact that it happens in real life, you kind of kind of get where I'm going there. If, Ethnic cleansing is like it that's, looks like the kind of game. No, it looks like in a board meeting they'd be like, "All right, so we have some games that are banned. So obviously, and you know, you go with like your obvious example is going to be like some like massive. It's like imagine some Nazi makes a game where you got to kill black people for like fun, and then it's like huh, everyone kind of laughs at the meeting, and then this motherfucker goes out and does it. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. that's shit. just. That's just not all right. VR chat is categorized as a game on Twitch, and in-game virtual reality avatars are not subject to our policy on nudity and attire. This content must still apply with our policy on nudity and sexual content and embedded media and games, however, so you may not modify your game to include nudity or make sexual elements a primary focus of your broadcast. Uh, so actually, I'm going to read the nudity and sexual content. I copy and pasted it over here. Games featuring nudity, pornography, sex, and sexual violence as a core focus or feature and gameplay modified to feature these elements are entirely prohibited. Occurrences of in-game nudity are permitted. That's That part's important. In occurrences of in-game nudity are permitted, so as long as you do not make them a primary focus of your contact and only spend as much time as needed in the area to make progress. So in Nikki Lawyer speak, in, in, in Judge Nikki's head, it is okay to be in VR chat because VR chat is listed as a game, uh, and games follow under what I just read back there. With occurrences of in-game nudity are permitted. It is okay for a waifu to flash you in VR chat on Twitch live. I think you actually can't get banned for that, based on how I am reading the rules as they are written. Now, the way it also applies is. Our policy on augmented reality avatars applies to content where cameras and software are used to capture a person's physical likeness and translate it into VR. So if you if you have an anime, because let's be honest, everyone using full body tracking, 99% of those people uh, are using waifu avatars and female anime avatars just in general. All of them uh, have to follow the physical likeness translated into digital overlay clause they've written here. And since VR chat is a game and VR models are not subject to the nudity and attire thing, uh, you could you can get around with some pretty raunchy, like they explicitly banned under boob, somewhere a little higher up in their nudity on Twitch policy. You you can get on board with more skin, is what I'm saying, on a VR avatar in VR chat than you can as a real life uh, person streaming and just chatting the way these rules are written. And so, uh, show feet, speaking of which, which incognito lens, I read through the whole thing and I didn't see a ban on feet. And actually Twitch, back in my day when I first started streaming, you know, back when Twitch was like Mixer and we had instant chat to viewer video, you can actually like read the chat immediately. It was way back in the day. Back when I was on Twitch, 
you were allowed to show male nipple and then they banned both genders from showing nipples for a while and now with twitch's new nudity policy you are allowed to show nipple as a male and female identifying broadcasters are not allowed to show nipple uh and i i did not see anything and their new policy update banning the male was that nipple. worded any better than tumblr's like female identifying nipples or something let me i am not the, when they were bought out by another company and that company tried to like ban all porn from the site i am not aware succeeded. of tumblr's let me see if i can find did i hear about that i did i did hear about tumblr banning porn but i don't know the extent yeah they, of all they got things. bought out and their new owners like banned porn and it got so bad i think they sold for like I, they sold for like only 10% of their original value or even less than that after only a few years. So I, I got an email from Twitch earlier today because they're holding a partner seminar. Yes, I have it here. Standard guidelines. Uh, this is from the email that Twitch sent me. For those who present as women, we ask that you cover your nipples. We do not permit exposed underbust. Cleavage is unrestricted as long as coverage requirements are met. Now, I, can, I think I can be persuaded both ways, but for the sake of comedy, I am pro-underbust. So, here's what I'm saying. Here's what's allowed and what's not allowed to clear everything up. Cleavage is cool. Under boob on real women, not cool. Under boob on anime girls in VR chat, cool. And that, that's actually where I find the hypocrisy and where I draw the line. But I, I think this is a gross violation of... Women's rights, quite frankly. Uh, if if there's unrestricted unrestricted uh, abilities to show cleavage on stream, then I believe that should extend to anime waifu avatars, anime waifu's avatars under boob, and real life women's under boob. Anime girls are are allowed to show under boob. Both anime girls and real life girls are allowed to show cleavage. Real life girls are not allowed to show under boob. Do you, do you think? And I'm this is a loaded question. I realize. Do you think that this is hypocritic uh, of Twitch and authoritarian and and the Twitch dictatorship is going too far, restricting real life women from using the their they're, they're hip, hypocritical, yeah, uh, to allow anime women to show under boob but not real life women. I think, in my opinion, real life women deserve more rights than anime women. That's my hard stance. That's your hard stance? I, real not, life women deserve I, more I'm rights. Not, I'm not entirely surprised that this is the outcome of a gaming website. Not known for its yeah. strain. That was a weird time. They like banned the, the male nipple and then they allowed it again. I feel like they were, they were kind of on to some level of equity there and then they just kind of backtraced, backtracked it on it. They do not... Um, they do not explicitly ban in their new nudity uh, policy the male nipple. I think real life women should be able to show under boob on Twitch if anime women are allowed to. Either you ban both or you or you ban neither, but I am not okay with anime women having more rights than the female broadcasters on Twitch. I, I do agree with like the argument of like obviously with the under there's more that could fall out there's more yeah. that could be shown where exactly is that line drawn and where as with anime it's very easy to tell where the line is drawn because the line was quite literally drawn mm. that's a good counter argument so, 
You cannot yeah. have under boob slippage in anime avatars. That is true. Unless that was added into it, in which but case we have a problem. You could have clipping. And someone, someone took way too... There is, but it's a little bit of a different thing. Really, I'd be okay with allowing both, because I do think Twitch is already a horny website in denial. Absolutely, which is why tomorrow... <laughs> I actually loved how they worded this. Um, if you go into my email, the only thing that I see is Twitch webinar invitation nudity i'm like whoa <laughs> we're just straight up having orgies in quarantine now twitch like no but the full title is webinar invitation nudity and attire policy update i'm like they they put someone must have put nudity there at first on purpose to get everyone's attention to go to the webinar because I just straight up thought Twitch is so horny that all partners straight up just got an invite to a quarantine orgy. We are we are just going all the way. So of course I open the email immediately. But like over Zoom, it's a like, webinar. Seems very weird. It's gonna have a bunch of Twitch streamers getting naked on Zoom. And you know it's gonna be like ninety nine percent male streamers, unfortunately. We can talk about how Randy's can't learn from forced tutorials. Oh, Jesus Christ. People really That's don't like thing, tutorials, right? dude. Uh, we have this at the VR arcade a lot. I people like don't People don't want to play tutorials. They just want to get in. They say, oh, I paid for 60 minutes. I don't want to play five minutes of tutorials and then play for 55 minutes. I want to play 60 minutes of games. Well, look, lady, you're going to... You're not a gamer. Like, I... I can see you holding the controller upside down. You're not, you have, you don't hold controllers normally. And so playing a tutorial for five minutes will save you from me having to explain to you multiple times about how to do everything because you doing it and integrating good tutorials is part of good game design and making tutorials feel like they're part of a game and that they're not, you know, just giving you information that you need to remember and retain. It's like, all right, I'm going to teach you how to disarm this bomb. And then the next room you're going to walk into 10 minutes later, there's three bombs, hope you learned, and now it's going to get more advanced. Um, they're like, for example, Half-Life Alex did that. And so integrating good tutorial mechanics and kind of splicing it out through the game is good game design. And so I don't know how Valorant did that, but people need to be more open to tutorials because you are saving more time playing the tutorial and then going to play the game with your knowledge than you are asking me every five minutes, like, how do I do this? How do I do that? It, it'll save more of your time and it'll be more convenient for everyone if you just sit down and learn the information rather than asking your teammate or calling someone over, at, for example, at the VR arcade. People don't want to play tutorials. And so they'd call and ask, and the amount of time I spent explaining to you is longer than the tutorial itself, because in VR especially, it's easier for you to see and do the thing than it is for me to explain it to you. That's one reason mixed reality is so powerful. It's easier to show people in VR, playing VR, than it is for me to tell you about it. It's better for, even on a pancake flat screen game, for you to play the tutorial and do it yourself, rather than me tell you what to do, because... By doing, you can retain the information a little bit more. I mean, that was like basic note-taking in college and high school. Like, you don't take the notes so you can reference it later. That's one of the reasons. You take the notes so that you are getting the information, writing it down, executing, you know, doing something with, with the information, rewriting it, and thus you'll remember it better. That's why you need to play the damn tutorial. And uh, there are a lot of casual gamers out there or just a lot of people who just aren't willing to sit down and learn before they do something. 
you know like oh a 16 year old wants to drive for the first time they just want to get a drive like no dude you got to spend like 10 hours driving in circles in a parking lot before you get out on the freeway bro before you hurt someone it'll be much easier to learn this way and frankly lower pressure at least in that situation Nagla says the tutorial is really good here you can just hang out there and do challenges and adjust bot difficulties I was forced myself to do the disarm the bomb tutorial with the bots on hard because I've never played a game like this took you like 30 tries and so it's better that you learn in that environment than it would be in a live environment where you could lose the match. Or yeah, I actually, I actually really do like tutorials. Like I More actually pressure. like getting when I get into the game. It's like okay, and especially when it's like kind of just loads straight into the tutorial, and I'm like okay, then like let's see what, let's see what this game's about. And it's a nice way to like it is technically jumping into the game because assuming it's not just a video, like you are just jumping straight into actual mechanics, but with a little bit of guidance. So you're not lost. Like, you're never going to feel lost along the way. It's all going to guide you. But you do actually get to, like, do whatever the game is doing. And you're like, okay, now I know what to do. And then you jump into the actual game and then try your hand at it. It's nice. People, it's nice. Uh, I, I learned something at the end of it. And then I feel like, okay, now I know. And it's, again, it's not just a chance to, like, it's not just learning, like, what are the basics of the game. But it's also a chance to see, like, what is the mechanics like? What does it feel like to play this game? What is the environment and the graphical quality like? And then you get, like, a good sense of, like, okay, this is the thing that I just bought or downloaded. And this is what I'm getting into. Let's see what, what it has to offer. I, people can't. I, don't, I can't tell if they're lazy or if they think they, they're smarter than they are. Because we, we have plenty of people who I've seen at the VR arcade, like, I don't need a tutorial, I don't want to play the tutorial. Five minutes later, they ask a dumb question. Um, or they just can't be self-sufficient. Like, if like trying to figure it out for yourself is faster than me going over there, hearing about the problem, then telling you how to fix it. Like, for example, in uh, like a VR game, if you had to reload your gun, uh, one game design thing that happens is when your gun is out of bullets, your gun will now turn into the controller that you're holding and it'll flash the button that you need to use to reload and so looking at your controller and then hitting that button i feel like it's pretty intuitive you can't get much more intuitive than that but people would rather ask for help sometimes than to read the instructions when i was in japan i had to wash my clothes obviously because i'm there for like two weeks at a time and i had to use a japanese washing machine so i had a couple choices use google translate and like translate every button but i have to do that every time because i can't i can't read hiragana or katakana and so I, I would either have to like scan the buttons every time and try to memorize what they all did for like what was wash, cold water, hot water, all that stuff. Um, and so eventually what I did is I don't remember what the symbols were, but instead of calling Kitty who speaks Japanese and being like, hey, how to use your washing machine, I Google translated like which buttons do I need to press? And then I just remembered I pressed this one, then this one, then this one, then the red one, and then it's good, right? It, being a little self-sufficient and using, you know, literally my phone, which has the breadth of most of human knowledge throughout the ages on it, to figure out how to do something. They used a little bit of, of self-sufficiency and intuition. And then I just remembered, you know, despite the fact that I couldn't read the buttons, what four buttons to press, and I just did it. Much faster that way than waiting for someone else to come wash my damn clothes. Oh, yeah, I do have a program that I have. And, um... I did write like extensive documentation on how all the thing works. I didn't write it, but I like took over like development of it. Uh, and the number of times people in the Discord like ask like, "What is this thing?" And then I just literally just post the link to the like to the documentation because I literally wrote an entire paragraph that an it just answers that one question that they have. 
Yep. And it's got to the point where other people are doing it too. And I'm very happy because now I don't even have to do that. Other people will just be like, it's right here. Yeah. The, as there's, there should be accessibility to the information, like the documentation and all that. But as, as long as it's like, try. as long as it's accessible, uh, people got to stop being lazy and like sit down and read because and I, you're going to end up reading a text from me anyway. If you ask me, Nikki, how does this work? And I just copy and paste it from the guide to you. Then like you should have just read the guide because you cut out the middleman step and you would have got it faster. And it's the same yeah, thing. I just copy and pasted it. That's the thing also. I think I, I don't like link to the documentation also to be like, you know, like snarky or something, even though there's a little bit in there. It's also because like I spent time writing that documentation. Like I like looked it over and reviewed it and proofread it and made sure the wording was like clear and concise. And so it's probably a better paragraph than if I were to like try to rewrite the thing on a Discord post. Because I actually did that and I had diagrams and like highlighted text and whatever so you could get the main point across easier. And you probably like write, writing a text isn't going to be as thorough as like, oh, I sat down and wrote this and changed some words up and made it clear and added this clarification. It's just going to be better. Yeah, like I, I read over it and I looked over it and I made sure, okay, does this, does this cover everything? Does this cover it in like a way that that's easy to understand? And then if you read it and then still feel confused, then I mean, go up and ask me and I can answer the question and then update the documentation accordingly. But if you didn't read it from the beginning, go, go see what it is, you know? Ethnic Cleansing is a first-person video game for Microsoft Windows computers. This is from Wikipedia. Created by American white supremacist organization National Alliance in 2002. As part of a race war, the player controls a neo-Nazi skinhead of, or a Klansman and is tasked with killing stereotypical African, Mexican, and Jewish enemies. Um, with that one, I'm very, very obviously uh, putting on as a 10 on the Nikki approves this game is banned from Twitch. Also, Battle Raper. This one only scoring down at a 9.5, um, in my opinion. As opposed to the first Battle Raper, the sequel actually does not feature rape, only consensual sex. That's why it scores a 9.5 on my scale. Once a fight against a female character is won, uh, we're talking about Battle Raper 2. The game enters a special mode where the unconscious woman lays on the ground in front of the character who now has to heal her wounds. The replay mode allows the player to have sex with a chosen female character. Battle Raper 1 was um, actual actual rape. Uh, and so that's why it's scoring a 9.5. But I think they redeemed themselves a little bit with uh, Battle Raper uh, 2. The one that I was just looking at right now, uh, because the title is so funny on Twitch's list of primitive games, Suck My Dick or Die. <laughs> it's a game. It's a pornographic visual novel. Um, and I have not pre-read this. I'm just straight up reading this off Giant Bomb. Where players must make several decisions that alter the storyline, players will primarily be reading text dialogue from the game's various characters and viewing still artwork. In the story, in a country full of political unrest, a little girl is raped and murdered by a rebelling guerrilla force. Mr. Prosper, commander of the military unit trying to suppress the guerrilla threat, advances his army into a small village to hunt down those responsible. However, this is all a ploy by Mr. Prosper. His real plan? To have a raping party all for himself. The girls suspected as members of the guerrilla unit are arrested, and so begins Mr. Prosper's raping adventure. Uh, this is another game that Twitch has put up on their prohibited games list. Putting that one up as a 10 out of 10. That's, that's just... That's, that's bad warfare and 
just straight up that that's a war crime. All of ours eight gigs. I might. I, I'm keeping my eye on. I don't have a code, dude. I don't even. How the hell did you get your code, Nagle? Everyone just trying to go for Twitch drops. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Valorant Twitch drops. That Valorant hit over one million views on Twitch today. Like it was absolutely killing it as a category. But Twitch drops, I find, and it's the same thing. Twitch drops are just giveaways on a big scale. Um, and automated much better. Giveaways don't really drive viewer retention, which is why I don't like to do them. They come in, they get the code, they get the goods, they get the swag, and they leave and dip out. Um, of course, this is a big marketing thing for Valorant, and they want people in on the game, and this is a great idea for them to do on an influencer relations standpoint, but uh, as far as like sustainability for viewership, maybe they'll get it again. Um, and of course, the game just came out, but 1 million views, people are going for those drops.